Have you got your mojo working? Do you just want to give it a good kickstart? Either way, you've come to the right station. The Mojo Radio Show will help you get your mojo working at work and at play. I got my mojo working, but it just won't work on you. Hey everybody and welcome to the show. Welcome to the Mojo Radio Show. Nice to have you on the big red bus, the tour bus that they call the Mojo Radio Show. Another great week in front of us, had some terrific guests for the last couple of weeks and just for those people who are still getting onto the podcast thing, the beauty of podcasts is you can go through the back catalogue and download as many apps as you want and there have been some cracking apps in the last couple of months. Feel free to go back, hit the download button and if you haven't subscribed yet, go to the subscribe button and that means every show that we put out, you will automatically receive on your device. You won't have to worry about it anymore. Another good show ahead. Let's talk to the guy who is driving the big red bus with the Balua seat covers and the lava lamp in the corner <laughs> and the Stratocaster leaned up against an amp. Robbo, how's it going, mate? Oh, it's going okay, mate. Thank you. To be honest, it's been a week that I'd rather forget, so I'm going to try and use this hour to pump my mojo back up again to get into a new week. But um, yeah, I'm going all right. Thank you. But you, you forgot to mention that the lava lamp has a new groovy red red globe in it this week. <laughs> it's an upgrade. It's an upgrade. An, up- an optional upgrade extra. The studio. <laughs> the studio could do with a little upgrade, a little revamp. Yeah. In fact, it's a nice little segue, buddy, to uh, this week's show because we have a very interesting guest who is actually making a difference on the streets Mm. uh, through clothing and fashion, which I think is quite fascinating. But also, it's funny, we we had actually finished recording and then we just started rapping uh, off the air, so to speak, and came across some gold about how we look after ourselves in terms of our fashion stakes and the impact Mm. that can have on our success in life. So Mm. a nice segue there, mate. Indeed. I was, it was unintentional, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> now, to start us off today, I mm. found an interesting piece on the interwebs. Mm. I, I know a guy who I know quite well, and oh, we've been trying to catch up for the last couple of weeks, but he's been on the road. So he's doing conferences and stuff. And travelling, doing lots of miles, lots of nights in hotels, going into conference rooms and having to eat conference food. Mm. And typically on the weekend, try to catch up, but he is down with the flu. He's got a cold, so he's not very well. And I thought, I found this this blog that I thought was just, because we all go through that, not just this guy, but we're all going through it. We're working longer hours, later nights, busy schedules. We never switch off, living on caffeine, a few beers here and there at conferences and with mates, and we're just running ourselves into the ground. And I found this blog, which I quite like, from two six life enthusiasts, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but it was the five essential foods to eat when you're feeling stressed. Now, we're all putting ourselves through it day in, day out, but if we can remember on a Sunday afternoon or a Sunday night, we're doing our grocery shopping for the week ahead, these are the five foods that we should stock up with. Mm. And a lot of these we can take on the road with us. I mean, I never leave home without some of these things in my bag when I'm on the road, only mm. because I don't want to eat the crap food that hotels put out. I certainly don't want to eat the 
garbage that the airlines serve. <laughs> Hello, our friends of the airlines. Yes, and, uh, I was say that. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> there, goes, there goes our Virgin Australia sponsorship. Yeah. Sorry, Qantas. <laughs> <laughs> so here are the five foods in no particular order. Uh, the first one is avocado. Mm. Now, avos can be terribly expensive in the supermarkets, but there are times when they do drop the prices that become, in my mind, a reasonable price. Now, mm. avos have a lot of vitamin B, so when you are going through stressful periods and you are working hard and you're on the road or doing lots of meetings and emails and business agenda points, avocados are rich in stress-relieving B vitamins. They're also high in good fats, magnesium and potassium, which can lower the blood pressure. So when you start to get stressed, you want to control your blood pressure. The other Mm. one, which is, I think, a great one for all of us is berries. Mm. Um, Now, we know that berries are full of antioxidants and vitamin C. That's a good thing. Um, But they also have the properties to repair and protect our cells and look after our immune system. And that's what typically happens is you get stressed, you get run down and your immune system gets shot to pieces, well, Mm. the anti-stress properties of vitamin C and berries can help build some resistance in your immune system, which is really good. Mm. The other one I always carry with me is raw cacao. Now, you can buy cacao, like dark chocolate bars, providing it's 72% or more raw cacao, Mm. then by having some raw dark chocolate, some good dark chocolate in your bag when you're traveling, that's a good source of magnesium and that actually keeps you relaxed and helps heal the muscles when you're putting your body through hard times on the road or in meeting, meeting, meeting. Make sure it's got 70% cacao or more because some of the chocolates that are put out there say it's dark chocolate, yet it can be 30 or 40% and that's just basically a block of sugary chocolate. Mm-hmm. Nuts are really good. So my fourth, avocado, berries, raw cacao, and nuts, almonds, cashews, also really good in magnesium, good for stress relief and good for muscle relaxation, B vitamins and vitamin E. So having almonds, and I carry almonds and cashews and even macadamias, which are a really good source of essential and healthy fats, mm. carrying them in your bag is a really good way to lower your blood pressure and also help handle your stress. And the other one, which you probably won't carry with you in your bag in a given day, but it's good you could take it to work for lunch or having your fridge at night time is salmon. Or any, in fact, any oily fish is really mm. good omega-3s that can help reduce anxiety, promote a clear and focused mind. Mm. The omega-3 rich fatty acids are really good for helping you control cortisol, which comes out when you have adrenaline and stress flowing through your system. Mm. So um, all those you know, oily fishes like salmon and the tunas and sardines, even some biohackers swear by sardines, which I'm not really mm, I can't myself, do that either. some do, <laughs> yeah, pass. Yeah, my favourite sandwich is uh, tinned salmon with tomato, yum. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yum. Gluten-free toast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So there's the five, avocado berries, and, and the darker the berries, the better. Mm. Cacao, 70% or more is optimal. Mm. Uh, nuts, almonds, cashews, uh, walnuts, pistachios, uh, macadamias are really good, mm. and uh, any sort of oily fish like salmon and tuna and that sort of stuff. Yeah, so yeah, I thought yeah. that was pretty handy to put that in your checklist on the weekend when you're doing your shopping for the week ahead. If you have that mm. in your fridge on your desktop or mm. in your bag, mm. 
Uh, I think it goes a long way to getting through winter in one piece. Mm. I'll, I'll throw one out there while we're on healthy foods. Um, although, again, it's not something you would take with you. Tanae's just started making up a porridge um, or a sort of a porridge in, porridge in inverted commas. She gets some, um, some Greek yogurt and puts chia seeds and a whole bunch of other stuff, pistachio nuts and all that sort of stuff, mixes it through. And then in the morning, just hops out of bed, gets some out of the fridge, chucks it in a bowl with some berries and honey over the top. And I've got to tell you, it's enough to make me change from wheat bix. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, the good thing is, see, your chia, your chia seeds mm. give you essential fats, which is good for your brain and good, and that actually, just, that actually turns off a lot of the, the hormones that say you're still hungry. Mm. So that's a really good thing. Mm. Nuts obviously work. Berries we've just talked about. Mm. If you get a really good unprocessed uh, yogurt, mm. like a Greek yogurt, um, there's a lot of good in that, mm. although you want to be careful which yogurt you're choosing. And the fact that it's in the fridge, you can come out and take a couple of scoops, buy your honey from an apiarist so you get yes. all the beautiful flora. <clears throat> Hello to the honey yeah. man in Kellyville. <laughs> <laughs> loves the show. Yeah, he does love the show. He's a big oh. fan. He's, he's about 85 and sits in his little shed that he's built by the side of the road selling his honey, but he's a big fan of the show. And he's always playing the show. Yeah, it's always, yeah, on speakers out oh. the front. People would pop by and go, don't want any honey, but what's that you're listening to? I've been in there and he's playing flashbacks. Yeah. He's going back. He's playing old episodes of Smitty. Cop this. From, from, he's got his flashback to 2015. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, I'll, I'll grab today's recipe and I'll throw it up on the Facebook page if anybody's interested because it is really good. So, um, so yeah, it's worth a listen to. Time. Indeed. All right, so we should get into this. We should. Let's do it. The Mojo Radio Show. So uh, it should be noted before we do this interview that as we were recording, I was lounging around in tracky dacks and a ripped T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I was more of a boob tube. Actually, when I say T-shirt, it's uh, the, Divinals, the Divinals T-shirt. I remember that from the halcyon days at the end, yeah. that, that Divinals T-shirt used to get rolled out mm. then in the studio. Yeah, it's Thankfully, still going I think strong. it's been washed a few times since then. But um, Once or twice. But we are going to talk about fashion Mm. and how this came about was I was doing a speaking job for a company called CanStar who are experts. They're like a – CanStar are a brilliant, brilliant business. They are an online resource to help you choose the right product if you're after, I don't know, comparing interest rates or financial products. In fact, just last week I was watching the news and there was a headline story Mm -hmm. that referred back to CanStar who were doing the research to compare products. So anyway, I was doing a job for these guys. I'd finished my speech, I was about to leave, and one of the guys, one of the very senior executives at CanStar said, I must introduce you to a mate of mine called Mark Ferguson. He has a charity called Suit of Change. And the principle of this, and Mark will go into it, but the principle of this is that Mark is a bespoke tailor, a man who is an expert in menswear, but has started this fabulous charity based out of Brisbane, which essentially collects our old suits and ties and clothing and gives them to people who need them more in order to help them build their own self-esteem and maybe uh, give them an extra foot up, so to speak, when they're looking for a job. So... Mark Ferguson, Suit of Change. Welcome to the Mojo Radio Show, mate. Thank you. So, Mark, just um, to put us in the frame, when somebody says to you, what do you do, what do you say? It's an interesting question because uh, depending on the person, <laughs> uh, my answer, answer changes. And 
Um, if it's someone as like a CEO and uh, I'm talking to him about, about clothing, then it's really, really I can be a personal brand specialist. Um, I can be a philanthropist. I can be uh, an image consultant. It really, it really does depend. I, I think there's a lot to unpackage in that, which is great, which is where we're going to sort of go with the show. Let's start the philanthropic angle, you have created a really cool event called Suit of Change. Can you just talk us through what Suit of Change is? So Suit of Change is about helping to dress unemployed men for job interviews. So that is around collecting the clothing, because I've got so many clients in the corporate arena, uh, we collect all their pre-loved business wear, so that suits, shoes, belts, ties, jackets, trousers, shirts. And we then pass them on to charities that, that need that clothing to, to dress the men. And so we collect the clothing and then we distribute it. And so one of the, one of the corporate or the charity partners that we work, work with is suited to success here in Brisbane. And, and they help dress the unemployed men. And I re- originally got started with those guys because I wanted to volunteer my time and, and dress these guys for these job interviews because I realized that putting a suit on that you feel great in, you know, you look great, you feel great, your self-confidence goes up. And, and I found that with my clients. I wanted to pass on my knowledge to, to these people who are looking for job interviews. And what we found at City to Success is that they didn't quite have the wardrobe that they needed to fit these guys out in. So some of the real bigger sizes uh, and some of the smaller sizes that they just didn't have the clothing that fit them out. And so I started collecting clothing from uh, my clients, but then I soon realized I wasn't actually making a big enough dent. And so then Suit of Change Day came about. Um, And from there, it's really about the finishing off of uh, these clients. So apart from the dressing side of things, we also do the alteration. So if the sleeves are too long or it's too big in the body, we do the alterations to make it fit really, really well. And so these guys know when a suit doesn't fit them well. So when it fits them like a glove, just like anyone who puts on a a suit that fits them particularly well, they feel better and uh, and they stand up a little bit straighter. And from that as well, uh, yeah, we also also do, um, we organise barbers to do haircuts and cutthroat shaves and we also organise photographers to do headshots for... Uh, the resumes. So there's a whole heap of things that we do for these guys. That's that's so cool, mate. When you when you had that moment where you decided you wanted to do more, what's what's the dream for you, mate? Like you you there was a decision where you were donating clothes, but you got to a point where you said, "No, I need to do more. I want to. I can do more." What's been the dream in your mind? If you project forward, what's it look like? Well, yeah, it really got to a point where, um, and the reason I'm doing this is because I can. Um, I have the ability to. And um, I realised, uh, you know, being an ex-sportsman and, uh, and uh, a businessman, I probably, probably a fair bit of ego involved with that and self-interest. And I really wanted to do something that wasn't just for me um, and and for other people. And... Um, and I realized I could help. Um, my, my expertise around personal presentation is, is something that I can help not only these charities fulfill some of their commitments, but also help these clients uh, take that next step and, and be more job ready. 
Um, and we're, you know, last year when uh, after the suit of change day, so we did suit of change day last year on the twenty first of May, and we we collected over thirteen hundred items on that day, and um, and you know, I had some time after there to really think about which way I wanted to go. And the thing is, is that I would like to spend eighty percent of my time within suit of change, um, and twenty percent looking after clients in the Will Valor space. Um, but but right now, yeah, I still uh, have a, a young business uh, and a young family that I need to support. So it's really at this point in time, it's it's it's, it's all often conflicted because it's easy to be obsessed around doing a suit of change and, and helping people and then you often forget about your business because that's what happened last year. So when you're working with people who are unemployed and you're taking them through this process, which is terrific, it really, your job is to help these guys create a right impression, isn't it? Like it's, you've, you, it is your belief that you've only got one chance to make a first impression and having the right suit tailored, fitting the right colours, that, that's really the core, isn't it, is giving these guys a chance to make a great first impression to get their lives on track by picking up a job, really, is it? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. It's about preserving your best self. So sometimes, you know, it depends on the size, size of the guy for these unemployed gentlemen that we're fitting out because we get all the suits donated uh, for suit of change. It's, it's really about finding what is the best fit that we have to fit them out. And, um, and sometimes we can't be too picky, you know. Um, I'm very pedantic in the normal business life, but sometimes we just have to have a good fit that fits them well. But then we must put, you know, the right tie and shirt combination together to make sure it works well. And, you know, they say, yeah, the, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And, and part of that is, you know, they say 55% of communication, or actually 93% of communication is non-verbal. 55% of us make assumptions on how to look. So, you know, as soon as they walk into an interview, if they're looking the right, you know, they're looking the part, then they're going to make the first, right first impression, really. And then, you know, the tone of voice will come through and that sort of thing. So it's really giving these guys that first step. There are guys listening to this show all over the world who are going to walk into a meeting this afternoon or tomorrow morning and they need to make a good impression when they walk in, what would be your top one or two things that you would say to them, Mark, when they are going to their wardrobe this morning and or finishing this podcast and walking down High Street to buy some kit to put together to make a good first impression? In your mind, what are the top things that we need to consider when putting an outfit together to make a great impression? Yep. The details matter. So it's all the one percenters. And in particular, it's the shoes. So 50% of women, or around about 50% of women, will look at a man's shoes before she looks at his face. And so what that says is that if if he polishes his shoes, if he polishes his shoes, it means that he's going to look after her well. Now, in a business context, um, I've actually known CEOs who have... uh, kick people out of the job interview because they didn't have proper shoes. So it is essential that they polish the shoe, and not only the front of the shoe, but the back of the shoe as well. 
So everyone forgets about the back of the shoe, but that's a CEO in the snow or a business owner will see the back of the shoe as well. Um, there's other things, you know, if you, if you have quite a colorful personality, you don't have to show it at the first interview. You can show it as part of your socks. You can have a socks or a personality. You can have a pocket handkerchief as a personality. But when you wake up, keep it fairly classic. So navy blue suit, white shirt, you know, understand who you're talking to as well. If, if a tie's too formal, don't wear a tie because you'll look overcast and you won't be able to relate to those people because it's all about relating. So you know, there's a couple of things there regarding your shoes and, and your socks. That the 1%, making sure it's ironed, uh, making sure it's clean, all that sort of thing. It's comfortable enough to sometimes it's um, people forget those simple things. Mate, being a, um, an audio engineer with a home studio, I, I don't really need polished shoes and, um, and suits, but, but what do you have in the way of designer tracky dacks? <laughs> Yeah, the law is always so comfortable and tolerant. It's not sure we go down to the corner shop. So you should wear like they're bright pink. I think I'm just impressed with that. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> this is such a good conversation, Mark, because we had um, a guy, I'm not sure if you're a cricket fan, but he is a great Queenslander called Michael Kasperowitz. And yeah. uh, he was... Uh, a very good Australian fast bowler, very successful in our domestic season here in Australia. And he talked about reinventing himself and he talked about how he positioned himself as a brand through his sporting career and now in his business career. One thing you've Mm. talked about is your wardrobe is closely related to personal branding. Can you just tell us Mm -hmm. a little bit more about how works in your mind? I think it's completely essential that your wardrobe is on point and relates back to who you are. If it's not, it's going to send the wrong message. So if you come, if you, someone like a professional sportsman who uh, has, is obviously dedicated, hardworking, um, for him to come and go to a job, a job interview and let's say a pulp shirt and a pair of shorts is going to be totally unrelated to what his real personal brand is. And that is, that is being sharp. So, so what you want to do with regards to your wardrobe and your personal brand is make, make sure that the messages are the same. So, um, now for some guys, let's say you're working in construction industry or you're working with uh, architects or, um, you know, project managers, you don't really want to rock up in a suit and a tie because it's overdressed and you will not relate. What you want to do is, is wear a sports jacket, a chino, open neck shirt and, and good good quality shoes. You know, you don't need the pocket handkerchief um, and you don't need a tie because that'll be too much. So understand who you're meeting with and how you're going to relate. Generally in a job interview, you, you want to be one step above the interviewer not two steps. So what that means is that you actually respect mm, them. Nice. So if you show up to a job interview and you don't wear what they perceive you should be wearing, it, just, it actually shows disrespect for the business and, and also the position. So, so you just need to be that one step above. That way you're still able to relate. You can tack off your jacket if you feel like you're too dressed. You can roll up your sleeves if you feel like you're too dressed in that space. So it's just about understanding who they are and what their expectations are and what they live day to day and then go that one step above. Mark, you talked about the suit of change and how it makes a guy feel when he puts on a great-fitting suit to go to an appointment or an interview. 
When I look at a mirror, how do I know I actually have a great fitting suit? I mean, some of the audience we're talking to uh, may or may not have a suit. We're going to go in and buy one or we're gonna, in some cases, guys are getting forced to wear one to an occasion. What am I looking mm-hmm. for in a great fitting suit? It's got to fit the shoulders right first. So a lot of guys wear their jackets too big. And so one, what that does, it adds about five, sometimes 10 kilos to your weight. So if the shoulders are too big, it's going to make you look heavier. And the other thing is, is to make sure that the sleeve length is right. And what the, the right sleeve length is, is when the shirt cuff is showing about one centimetre to at most half an inch outside the bottom of the jacket sleeve length. And so if that shirt is not showing, it actually makes you look shorter and adds weight on you as well. Right. So there are two other things that you need to do. Now, the other thing is that you need to make sure that the jacket does not uh, fit too long because that's going to make a person look shorter as well. So it just needs to cover the seat of the pants. Um, so there are two, there's sort of two or three of the things that you need to do for the jacket. Uh, with the trousers, you just need to make sure that the crutch is not too low and the hem is not too short. Um, the right length of hem for, tra- for your trousers is just above the heel without, uh, just above the torso when you're not wearing a shoe or just on the heel of the shoe. Um, there are a couple of things that you need to know about as well. Are uh, cufflinks in or out at the moment? Uh, in. So uh, the thing with the cufflink shirt is that, let's say if you want to make it a little bit more casual, you can still roll up the sleeves. So yeah. I prefer to do make a, a French cuff shirt because, uh, well, one, my clients expect it. Two, um, I just think it looks a little bit more professional. If you're going for that sort of business casual look, then cufflinks is probably not appropriate. But you're better off with a button cuff. But if you're, if you're wearing a suit, um, then it's less well wearing cuff. So jeans and suit jacket, in or out? Uh, in. Absolutely in. But the dress, the dress jean needs to be of a darker colour generally. You can go into different, you know, you can go into greys and blacks. Uh, but if you want it to be smarter, the smarter yeah. the look, the darker the colour. Mark, I just find it such... An interesting topic because I love what you do with suit of change, and I just don't hear people talking about men's personal brand. I just don't hear people talking about the subtleties, like how the the impact of having your shoes clean or putting colours together, or how that affects when you stand in front of a group or an individual to pitch something. It's it's just an area I don't hear a lot talked about. Yeah, well, it's it's something that all men should talk about, really. Um, you know, and especially leaders when they when they get up in the morning and they and they if they look good and they feel good when they walk into the office, everyone else will know know that if they if they're not having a good day, you can tell when a, a leader walks into the office he's not having a good day. His actual emotions or his or her emotions are contagious. So, if you look great and feel great as a leader, you can really you can actually improve the the productivity and efficiency of your team. You improve the productivity and efficiency of yourself when you look good and feel good. Um, so you imagine standing in front of the mirror and going, you know what, I'm ready for today and I'm ready to conquer today. And that's what everyone should be doing when they get in front of the mirror when they finish getting dressed. They're like, all right, I'm ready to be my best self today. 
And um, and that's the confidence good clothing can, can give you. And that's why, you know, I feel a lot of my clients achieving more because they, they look great and felt great. And that's what we want to do as part of suit of change is we want these guys to achieve more because of their clothing or because of the effect their clothing has on, on them, but not only them, other people around them. Gee, you know, hearing you say that, it just makes you want to strut, Robert. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. But it, you think about, you know, our show is about helping people get their mojo working. And, Mark, we've had topics from the brain to, to wellness to spirituality to mindfulness, relaxation. I mean, we've covered strategies, marketing, we've covered all these topics, yet we've never really hit upon the fact that when you look in a mirror and you're dressed sharp and you do feel like strutting, Mm. That must have an enormous impact on your own mojo when you leave the house, walk into a meeting, walk into an office, or just walk down the street. I mean, you just know when you're looking fine, don't you? It gets your mojo working. Well, that's exactly it. And everyone has to remember that we're all in sales. No matter what position you are in the world, everyone's in sales. You're selling yourself, but you're also selling your business, whatever business it may be. So if you if you got a big deal for the day that you need to close, then you need to think about what clothing that you're going to wear. Um, to give you some examples of what um, different colours, um, different messages, colours stand. So, for example, pink sends a message of compassion, whereas red sends a message of, you know, can send a message of anger or authority and, mm. and that sort of thing. So, if you're if you're a boss and you if you're wearing your red tie, then you're gonna you're gonna get different reactions to if you're wearing a pink tie. Um, so these are the sorts of things that people need to think about when they're getting dressed in the morning. Who am I meeting today and what is the result I want from these meetings? And then that should really stipulate for the way that they dress. Well, it's something you don't think about, isn't it? Can I just ask you, based on that, um, as an expert in personal branding presentation and impression, when you look at your colour palette and you are watching the television and you see Donald Trump with what he presents as a look, what emotions or what messages is that look sending to a voter in your mind? Well, it's interesting. I saw Donald Trump with uh, you know, a bright pink tie. So I think it was a navy suit, like a really midnight blue suit, bright shirt, dark pink, uh, bright pink tie. And what, he, uh, what that does is for him, it actually brings his ruddiness out so in his, in his face. And, and, you know, it sends a message that he's got a lot of energy. It sends a message that he's not mucking around, but he's still somewhat compassionate. So if he has to wear a red tie, then, then that would be, uh, that would be, wouldn't work for him as well because he's angry enough in his words. He needs to soften his, his, his words. So that's why that bright pink tie works. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of image consultants play a big part in, in the way that the president candidates actually look and dress. Um, it, it's a huge part, and it's all the subliminal messages that, that, um, that are sent. Your clothing, and that's that's one of the things people don't really realise, and they think about it at the last minute, um, and it's too late if you think about it at the last minute. It, it's actually you've got to prepare for it, and you've got to plan. So, would it be fair to say that somebody at that level, and or young guys running startups, that quite possibly in their strategic council, at a certain level, they would have a an image consultant helping them put their colour palette, their look and feel together 
uh, for success? Yeah, it's, it's for the people who are thinking uh, of the 1% detail, basically. So they can, they can have, you know, the best business plan and the best strategy. But for those who think outside the box a little bit, it's not even outside the box, but if they think more, around their personal presentation, then they're going to actually achieve more. Um, they're going to take that extra step, and it's going to be easy for them to achieve their goals. So um, it's, all, it's all about making sure they have everything spot on and everything sharp. Have you seen a situation, Mark, where somebody who's not at the top level but someone who aspires to do well and work their way through the business world has come to you as a junior taken this on board, taken the guidance, matched up the right look, the right colours to build the right emotions and outcomes, that has worked their way through the corporate ladder and and seen some success where they credit the imaging and how that affected their personal brand? Like, do you have examples of your clients who've gone through that process? Yes, I've had clients, uh, one client in particular, uh, about three and a half years now, so he came in and he was a... A you know white shirt, blue shirt, black suit guy. And to be honest, I only sell about three black suits a year. And the reason I don't sell many black suits is because it actually doesn't work for a lot of complexion. Um, midnight blue is better, dark gray is better. Um, but what what happened with this guy is is his his fashion and his style evolved, and he was able he was able to trust in the process. So it went from just really plain and, and conservative through to showing a lot more personality and understanding when to wear funky, when to be classic conservative and when to be sophisticated. So he's, he's evolved and through that, through that phase, his business has gone up two, three, fourfold. Um, and you know, I would like to think that I had something to do with that. And, uh, mm. and uh, but it's also he he's also enabled himself to um, be in front of other people that will respect him. So and what that means is that he'll be he just because uh, he's dressed so well, he's respected mm. by more people. Is there a, a certain look, a uh, certain colour, a certain styling? that is guaranteed to steal our mojo? Um, no, I think, it, no, not really. You're better off dressing for your personality. Mm. So if you're, if you're someone who is outgoing, spontaneous, creative, then you've got to dress for your personality. So that means that if you're creative, then you're open to more, you're open to uh, paisleys, you're open to floral patterns, you're open to... Um, a whole different non-structured patterns. If you're in, if you're an engineer, then you're going to like small checks, small stripes, uh, pattern that's subtle and conservative. Um, so there's no no particular one for one person. It's, it all, all depends yeah. on your personality. So that young guy you spoke of as a case study that's done really well for himself. <laughs> yeah. He walks in. He makes an appointment to see you. You don't know him. Mm-hmm. He sits in front of you. You're now going to be curious to uncover details of where you need to go. Tell me the first couple of questions that you would ask of that person that would help to uncover 
their own personal style or their own personal values? Well, it happens from the very first moment I meet him. So how he shakes my hand, if he looks me in the eye. Um, what he's currently dressed in. So how he comes to visit me, whether it's shorts, T-shirt, polo, what kind of shoes he has on. So all everything that he's wearing is sending me a message of who he is. So that's the first one. And the second is, is when I sit down, I go, how can I help you? And he goes, well, I'm looking for a suit for business. And then I ask him the following question. Um, what industry is, is it in? What is your role? What message do you want to send? And sometimes I don't even need to ask that, what message do you want to send? Because I understand the industry and the role. Um, and that, and because I'm looking at the eye color, hair color, and confection, um, I've already, and I know my fabrics, I've already got the fabrics in mind. So then I present, then I present to him, I go, okay, we're going to do this fabric here because of this reason, this reason, and this reason. And then we're going to match it with this shirt because of this reason, this reason, this reason. And then, um, then that's, that's basically it. That's the way it works. I don't actually show on my client's fabric because if you think about it, I've got 3,000 fabrics here and, it, and it's confusing. Yes. So, <laughs> so putting, in, putting down one or two options to really choose from um, makes the whole process and shopping easy. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Making shopping easy. But because I've been, because I've delivered over twenty thousand garments, um, and I understand people, my my job is really to understand the person. Once I, once we got that, then I can I can I can do a personal branding wardrobe problem, um fairly quickly. Now, there's another process that we do, and it's called the the signature range, is where we actually do wardrobe reviews for people and wardrobe audits. So we go through their wardrobe and then we we find out what they're currently wearing and what they're not wearing and why. So whether it's too big or they don't like the pattern or it's too old. And what we do from that clothing, we actually take that clothing and we use it for a of change. But what that does <laughs> in a wardrobe space is that is that we actually find out exactly why they're wearing and what they're wearing. And and then we understand exactly what's in the wardrobe. Then, uh, from my point of view, I can understand more of who he is. So I did I did this recently for a, a client who is in the branding game himself and in um, logo design and 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 branding for big companies. And it was it was really going through and understanding who he is and who he didn't want to be, and taking away the stuff in his wardrobe that was creating clutter and and not giving him clarity. So what we did, we simplified everything, gave him clarity, and then I presented fabrics to him that one suits his brand going forward because he's, he's evolving right now. And then also um, of, of why it's going to be comfortable for him and what reasons it's going to work for him. So that's something else that we do for clients. Gold in then their cufflinks, Robbo. Agreed. Big time. Very nice. Absolute gold. That's gold. <laughs> it's, it's really interesting, this, this stuff, I find, Mark, and it's, I'm glad we kept rolling because there's so much, so yeah. much gold we're digging into. Your job is to stay on top of looks and fabrics, and we've already talked about what's likely to happen down the track with trends, which I actually find very, very interesting. My question is, how do you personally, as Mark Ferguson, stay on top of new trends, what's happening? Do you have go-to sites, apps, 
what, what, what do you do to keep your mind, number one, in tune with what's going on, and number two, be able to stay ahead of what's about to happen? So for me, it's around um, colour palette. So when I'm looking for uh, the next trend, I actually, there's a couple of places I, I look at. It's uh, Instagram, and it, there's actually the runway show, so you look at New York, Paris, Milan, and London. Um, and then I take bits and pieces from that. So something that, so I won't take every sort of trend from that. Um, but also, I'll take I'll take the color palettes, but then some of the styles, and then I'll mix them and match them. And it's you know the Australian market is different to the Europe to Europe and mm. the states. And we're a little bit more conservative here, so understanding what people will wear and why they'll wear it and. And understanding, you know, the color palette is most important. I don't really actually, I don't care too much for trends, to be honest. I, mm. I, I just pick uh, which ones I think that are going to work, and and really go from there. And I don't really follow trends too much, um, especially in the style space. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of double breasteds were coming back in in Europe. Um, Australia's still not ready for double-breasted still some of the more fashionista type guys here in Australia wearing double-breasted jackets um, but the general public still uh, still catching on to it so it, it takes many years to get here So uh, just a curious Mark uh, I've got a double-breaster in my cupboard which I haven't worn for a while how many years am I likely to have to wait before I can rip that baby out again? Well it just depends on uh, how it's actually cut so the modern double-breaster is really well fitted where yours how old is yours? It is probably five years old, but it's very well fitted. Like it is, it has been done, it was it was personally fitted overseas. Okay. By what I'm hoping was a good tailor, but it, 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 when I put it on, it does feel very fitted. Yeah. Um, is it six buttons, uh, two clothes? Or? Yeah. 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 So you can bring that out right now. And is it as a suit or a sports jacket? It's a suit. Yeah, okay. Well, you, can, you can bring that out now, no problem at all. Okay. Okay, just got a winner. We're back, on, <laughs> We're back on track again, Robbo. See that little guy in the back line, in the back lane of Beijing? <laughs> he had it down pat, didn't he? <laughs> oh, no, I paid a bit more than that, my friend. I paid a little bit more than that. It's a goodie. It's a goodie, but it's a keeper. Yeah, beauty. Well, mate, this has been... Um, this has been great. Mm. We went to places that I, uh, I hadn't even thought we'd go to, yeah. but your information was so good and this stuff is so topical and important. And if there is a, a sharp executive who'd like to get sharper <laughs> and they would like to have a shirt or suit bespoke through Will Valor, where would you send them, mate? What's the process for someone getting a bespoke suit made through you guys? Uh, the, the shop address is uh, 7-41 Park Road in Milton in Brisbane. I do travel to Sydney and Melbourne as well uh, to visit clients monthly. Um, the process is is that uh, we can come to you to your office or, or home or you can meet us in our, in our showrooms. Um, and then we sit down and we talk fabric and we, and we talk what, what your needs are. And uh, I, I didn't see it on your website, but are Tracky Dax, just in case Robbo did want to get you to come to the studio, are Tracky Dax in your... Uh, <laughs> in your repertoire? In your wares? <laughs> uh, Tracky Dax are not. You're probably best off going to Target or Kmart for those ones. <laughs> no, just actually, saying. Lowe's. Lowe's is the place. <laughs> yeah. <A> Lowe's. <laughs> I wish I could help, but, you know, it's just not within me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't limit yourself, Mark. Yeah, come on. Think broad. <laughs> Very good. One final question. Um, I find it interesting just following trends that are going on, and the hipster has been a, a trend 
or a, a group that now have been changing many different industries, different cat- creating categories and changing many categories because of the way they look at things and the way they present. And I guess my question is, are hipsters changing the way we look at our suits or the way we wear our suits today or in the near future? I think hipsters have had an impact on men's fashion, absolutely. In the way of the the funky sports jacket and the chino and the shoes without mm. socks. Um, in a corporate sense, not really, um, but in that, that sort of that business casual, business of personality space. Um, you know, you can't, you can't be a lawyer and wear that funky stuff, but if you're an architect, if you're in the creative industries in any space, then that's you. Um, it's actually absolutely had, had an effect on that. And also, you know, the, the amount of people with tattoos now uh, is becoming more accessible than it used to be. Um, and so they've definitely had a big, big impact on, on male fashion and fashion in general. It's interesting, isn't it? Because five years ago, or not even more than that probably, 10 years ago, if you had have turned up to an interview with a tattoo showing, you were probably discounting yourself from a lot of positions, weren't you? Whereas these days, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's you know, especially, you know, a lot of women are, uh, have a lot of tattoos these days mm. as well. So mm. it, it has definitely changed. You know, in regards to, if you're going to an accountant, Accountancy, they still want don't want someone with heaps of tattoos on them um, mm. and so it's still a conservative so understand the uh, company that you're going to work for and understand the address policy mm. before you go for a job interview. If mm. we were to elevate Robbo from the tracky dack mark into something else, can you tell me what's ahead do you think in kind of bespoke fashion and or suits, is there something that you think we're on the crest of that's going to happen the next year or two that we can share with our listeners? Like what is what is the next thing we're likely to see in men's fashion and or specifically suits? I think it's, it's important to understand how it works in a trans space. So basically it goes from women, so whatever's happening in women now will be transformed into a men's space. So it won't be exactly the same, but they'll take elements from it and then it'll come into the men's space and they'll come into men's fashion. So let's say uh, um, all your geo patterns, so your geometric patterns that were big in, in women's, then it's coming to men and it's still in men right now. Um, and then it will go into to other spaces and become a little bit more mainstream. So what you're seeing in the men's space now is a lot of texture. So a lot more of the fabrics that are thicker, they have uh, defects in them, and it's just a slightly rougher, more uh, woody type look, basically. It's just, it's just a, a lot of texture in there. So that's what you'll see in men's wear going forward. You'll see the micro patterns, you'll see um, a lot of texture in their fabric. Mark, thank you so much for your time, mate. I think what you're doing with Suit of Change really is first rate. I love the fact that you started doing something and then more importantly, you thought I could do more. You've got some great partners on board with it. And I think uh, well done to you, mate, for doing that. And I think, you know, in terms of the fashion thing, stuff you've shared, I think it can really make a difference for people that mm. with the success they have in presentations and meetings and job interviews. And I think it's uh, it's been a really great chat, mate. So thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks very much, guys. Happy to help. Thanks, mate. That was awesome. All right. Are we off air now? <laughs> We're never off air, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Getting your mojo working. 
This is the Mojo Radio Show. You know, it never really occurred to me until we'd done that interview that the way you dress can actually affect your mojo. Oh, big time. There's actually no no doubt about that. Ah. But it's one of the most overlooked pieces of the puzzle to get your mojo going, which mm. is why I'm so interested because... It's, it's interesting, folks. We had done the interview on Suit of Change. We talked a little bit about clothing and, and bespoke tailoring. We'd actually turned the mics off and then we just started talking to Mark about fashion. Mm. Rob and I were just interested in what was going on in trends and we just started uncovering all this gold. <laughs> and the more we spoke about it, Robbo, the more that we appreciated the yeah. fact that you're exactly right and we don't talk about it. I've never heard it spoken about in a podcast before no. or a blog on it of regardless of whether it's just business or getting a job, mm. but when you dress well and you feel good, mm. man, you just want to strut. That's right, exactly. You're out there strutting your stuff. What I want to do. What? You know what I want to do? What? Strut. Do you like that? Do you see how quick on the trigger I can be? Hey? <laughs> I, I love that piece. Every time I hear Travolta and him talk about strutting in that song. Mm. And visually, I can see him strutting down the road just going, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Check me out. Yeah, Check that's right. Me out. Just yeah, look at that's me. right. That's right. Yeah. I'm strutting. <laughs> There's a guy with his mojo working. Absolutely. He's just so in his own world, so he's feeling good about himself, his world, where he's going, his direction, he's confident, doesn't really care what anybody else yeah. is thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think it's sweet. Hey, while we're speaking of um, of strutting and and movies and mojo in more in particular, have you seen a little short film that's running around on the net at the moment called The Present? Have you seen that at all? No. No, okay. Well, uh, and I'm not sure whether a lot of our listeners will. So I'll try and give you a quick synopsis. It's uh, about a little boy. It's a, it's an animated movie. Think Pixar style animation. Mm. Um, about a little boy who's, well, I'll give you the story. He's sitting on the couch at home. He's playing on his Xbox. Mum walks in, plonks a box on his lap and he opens up the box and there's a puppy in there and he's all excited and all that sort of stuff and puts the Xbox down, pulls the puppy out and then realises the puppy has only has three legs, proceeds to throw the puppy across the room, pick up the Xbox again and go back to playing. Um, but this little puppy is relentless and keeps coming back with a ball and all sorts of things to try to get this kid to play. And finally, he relents and, and sort of softens a bit, picks up the puppy to walk outside. And in the final shot, as they're walking out the door to play, we see that um, this young boy actually has a prosthetic leg. Wow. Um, it's a four and a half minute movie, uh, but it was created by a 16-year-old kid in Brazil. Nice. Um, and over the last couple of years, it's won over 20 awards at international festivals and things like that. It's just a really feel-good piece. And I thought, um, since we're talking about mojo and in particular, um, you know, how we feel specifically today with, um, with things like that, I just thought it'd be a feel-good piece that we could stick up on the Facebook page and let, um, let our listeners have a look. Yeah, I think, look, we'll definitely post that. I think it's really worth seeing. A couple of things come to mind, you know, it's, I quite often meet parents who complain because their kids have got a face in a computer the whole time. Yeah. And I think what we need to be careful of is assuming that what they're doing is not productive, is not creative, and is not actually building their mojo. Yeah. Because that 16-year-old kid would have spent a lot of time producing that through his Apple laptop, mm, mm. no doubt, mm. to produce something which has won, you know, dozens of awards around the world. Yeah. And I remember talking to a dad who walked up to his kid and said, hey, okay, enough laptop time, you know, get off the computer. He said, dad, I'm paying mathematics. So we... We tend to assume, and I think that 
stories like that are just fantastic that a kid at that age has mm. got a forum to express their own creativity yep. and imagination. Absolutely. One of the takeouts for me, and it's just funny, as you were telling the story, it occurred to me, there's a guy called Craig Ballantyne, mm. very successful online presence as a performance and productivity coach. Um, he wrote a book called The Perfect Day Formula, and he also co-owns a very successful website for helping people to be more productive and get after it called Early to Rise. And he wrote a, a blog I saw on the weekend um, and in, in response to people saying, what is your morning routine? Now, this guy gets up at 3.45 so he can start writing at 4 o'clock and he gets after it. However, I've heard him in two different interviews and it's in this blog that the first thing he does when he gets up at 3.45 is go and pet, well, pat, his dog, Bally, good morning. Right. And the story I heard was that generally what used to happen is he would get up, race downstairs, buy coffee and start work. Mm. Before he knew it, it was six or seven o'clock at night. He'd been busy all day. Mm. And just like the little dog bringing the ball back, eventually this dog went out and went, mate, what about me? And he realised that the dog brought him so much pleasure. Yeah. But it just wasn't part of his day. And he said, well, why don't I start in the day with the thing that gives me the most pleasure, which is actually being with my dog. So now he spends 10 or 15 minutes every morning, first up, part of his ritual with his dog. So I kind of like that story. I think it, yeah, it's there's a great so story. many great, yeah, yeah. So many great pieces Absolutely. around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, um, the other nice thing about the, the ending of this story is that um, this young, well, let's not call him a kid, this young filmmaker has, um, has actually landed himself at Disney Pixar on the back of it. So, um, oh, really? Yeah. They've actually picked him up. So there you go. A nice story all around, that one. Well, that's, a good, uh, that's been a good show about uh, dreaming, mm. helping others, delivering a message. I think uh, a very worth- time well spent, my friend. What are we going to play? We've actually done a bit of strutting. We've done a bit of strutting. I, I'm going to keep the strutting going. And for, for reasons that will remain personal, I'm going to play a bit of Frank Sinatra for my old man today. Do you know there are two words that I love to get your mojo working? Yeah, what's that? Strut. And swagger. And swagger. <laughs> and Frank Sinatra has got swagger. Frank's got them all, and he's a favourite of my old man, so I reckon a bit of Come Fly With Me is a nice way to get us out of this week's show. We're out. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come on and fly with me. Let's fly, let's fly away. Come fly with me. Let's float down to Peru. In Lama Land, there's a one-man band, and he'll toot his flute for you. Come on, fly with me, let's take off in the blue. Once I get you up there, where the air is rarefied, we'll just glide starry-eyed. Once I get you up there, I'll be holding you so near. You may hear all the angels cheer because we're together. Weather-wise, it's such a lovely day. Just say the words and we'll beat the birds down to Acapulco Bay. It is perfect for a flying honeymoon, they say. 
Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away Once I get you up there Where the air is rarefied We'll just glide Starry-eyed Once I get you up there I'll be holding you so very near You might even hear A whole gang of cheers Just because we're together Weather-wise, it's such a cuckoo day You just say those words And we'll take our birds down to Acapulco Bay It's so perfect for a flying honeymoon Oh, babe, come fly with me Let's fly, let's fly Pack up, let's fly away Pack a small bag. The Mojo Radio Show is produced and recorded in the studios of Voodoo Sound. For more tips and tools to get your mojo working, check us out on Facebook at The Mojo Radio Show or online at themojoradioshow.com. For more about Gary, see garybertwhistle.com or to polish your next audio or video production, check out voodoosound.com.au and for the right voice, realtimecasting.com Andrew Peter speaking. See you next time.